Good morning. Just to, um, I want to read, start off by reading a couple of verses um, from Luke chapter 15. Well-known verses, so I don't think you'd need to turn to them. But Luke chapter 15, commencing with verse 11, and it says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to it for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So here we have the story this morning of a prodigal son, looking for a different and in his eyes a better lifestyle. And he must have thought he had everything for his new life. And he must have thought his inheritance would see him through this life that he had. But everything soon changed. So what did it cost him? Well, we know he lost his money. He was alone, so he, he had no family. He had lost his family. His friends were gone. And in the end, he nearly lost his life. So, really, he never had much going for him in the end. But I want to continue by reading uh, from Philippi Philippians chapter 4, <coughs> commencing at verse 8. And it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with this whatever whatever the circumstances i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want i can do everything through him who gives me strength and in this message this morning i want i just want to encourage you to get a new life, to get a new life. Not the same life as the prodigal son had, but the life I'm talking about is a life that is full of God's blessings and rewards. And I'll tell you now what a great life it is. If I were to ask you what it is that you, you want out of life, what would you tell me? I don't, you don't need to answer it, but what would you tell me? Or what would you think about? I believe most of us want a rich and a, a rewarding life that experiences fulfillment in many ways so is your life this morning that happy one a contented one or are you looking for something more than you what you have or are you simply standing still in frustration and dis discontentment you know the prodigal son left with a pocket full of money but in the end, he had nothing. James 4 verse 13 to 15 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to, to, 
we would go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapour that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. It's all about the will of God, isn't it? But in all reality, we really have very little time to make our lives count for something on, on this earth. So does your world make sense to you? Or do you feel that you spend most of your time accomplishing very little? I believe some of us have a, a, a need of really desiring to be useful because we have a need to know that there's a purpose in what we do. So I would say the average person is probably discontent with the way his or her life is going. Another question here, are you happy with your life? Do you have a rewarding marriage and a family life? And are you fulfilling the, what, what we could call lifelong ambitions? Or have you settled into a place and have just, just simply accepted the way your life is? You know, today God has promised us a full and rewarding life filled with excitement and purpose. But you've got to take it. You've got to grasp it. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life in your presence. So, sorry. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a statement. What a statement. But does this seem like an empty promise to you, what God's saying here? Or that God is simply trying to get our attention? Or do we really believe that God is able to help us make the most of our lives today? So, what's your life today? <coughs> Are you experiencing all that God wants for you? In your marriage, your family life, at work? Is there a major discontentment in the home? Or are you truly walking in what God has for you? I did mention work there. Uh, some of us aren't working. Praise God. But what about work? You know, Raymond used to often say to me, when you go to work, work as though you're working for God. Not managers, not bosses, or nothing like that. You're working for God. So are you satisfied or does it all seem futile to you? And what about your service to, to God and the church? So what is needed for this rich and rewarding life that we've heard about? Well, firstly, you must have a sense of purpose and you must have a destiny. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Also in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 it says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So a life without purpose will cause us to chase many endless rainbows that only bring dissatisfaction 
dissatisfaction, heartache, a sense of failure, maybe, apathy, emptiness, and dare I say it, a sense of worthlessness. You know, this doesn't sound like an abundant life that God has promised us, does it? But that's the problem in people's lives today. You know, a, a study of over 4,000 business executives or business managers, whatever we call them, reveals widespread dis dissatisfaction in work experiences. It says 48% of all middle managers said that despite years spent striving to achieve their professional goals, their life seemed empty and meaningless. 68% of senior executives said that they had neglected their family to pursue professional goals. And Hall said they would spend less time working and more time with their wives and children if they could start over again. The question that they are all asking today is, what am I doing this for? And at one time, the game was easy to, to, to sort out, really, because it was security and it was long-term employment, wasn't it? But corporations today don't return loyalty like they used to. And, they, and men today are saying they don't see the investment in in what, what it's all about. You know, King Solomon came up with a, a similar conclusion in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 10 and 11. It says, Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labour. And this was my reward from all my labour. Then I looked on the works that my hands had done, and on the labour in which I had toiled, and indeed it was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. So when Solomon lost sight of God's purpose, the things in his life became worthless. And it can happen in, in our day to day. And as a result, he became very dissatisfied and discontent with his life. And that is what's happening with people today. So we today must look to God's purpose in all that we do. We must see the things that we do as, should we say, God-given tasks. And understanding that God wants us to work out his purpose in our lives, no matter what, what it is we are involved with. Going on in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 9 to 13, it says, What profit has the worker from that in which he labours? I have seen the God-given task that which the sons of men ought to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good life for all his labour, and it is the gift of God. So that was first. Secondly, we need to find contentment in what, what we are doing in our lives today. Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13, Paul wrote, Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, 
both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Also in 1 Timothy 6 verses 60 it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these we shall be content. You know many people are not content with the things that they are doing because they always think the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence. They are dissatisfied even when their circumstances are favourable towards them. And instead of doing their duty and cheerfully and conscientiously as unto God, they yield to the spirit of covetousness. And as a result, they miss God's best for their lives. And they fail to see the blessings that God has already bestowed on them. You know, they see the great things that's happening in the world today and they put God to one side. And they forget exactly what God has done for them in the past. You know, one of my favourite chapters in the, in the scriptures is Hebrews 13. And uh, Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And we live in a society today that teaches people to want and to cover what their neighbour has. Some compare their status within the community, their homes, their clothes, the income that they get, the vehicles that they drive and many other things. And as a result, they are never satisfied or content with their lives. And this is where our thoughts are this morning. <coughs> Will we pursue these things also? And, but as a result, we will come up empty, you know, if we do. We'd be unsatisfied because these are not the things that would bring us gain in the Lord. Because in, godly, in, in, because in godliness, that brings contentment. And that is all that brings us gain. And these thoughts are only empty illusions, you know. These thoughts of grandeur that we, we can get are only illusions and they're from the devil. He wants, he wants to, us to use them to destroy all our real lives. He wants us to take the joy, he wants to take the joy away that Christ has for us. He wants to take our lives away in God. So today, this morning, we must humble ourselves and accept God's will for our lives today. You know, and this means being the best that we can for Christ in whatever it is that we are doing or wherever it is that he has put us this morning. Whether it's in work, business, home, whether we're a mother, a father, in, in whatever ministry that we deal with. James 4, 10 verse, sorry, James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. 
You know, there are many times when people come into the kingdom of God and they're discontented with the world. You know, and uh, I would say, if, if like me, you come into the world, in, 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 into the, in the God's kingdom late in life, you will realise what I'm saying about this con discontentment. But they go on living the lives for themselves and they never really make the most of their new lives. And as a re result, this discontentment continues. You know, people can't put the old aside. They keep looking back over their shoulders. And sometimes Christians start doing, start out doing great, but when trials and troubles and anxiety and problems begin to occur, they begin to focus once again on the empty promises of the devil. And as a result, they slip into a, a greater state of discontentment and end up making very little of their lives. So thirdly, we must evaluate our priorities from time to time. We need to get down to the Word of God and see what's happening in our lives. Proverbs 23 verse 4 and 5 says, Do, what, do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards heaven. You know, when you think of that, you can understand the prodigal son, can't you? The story of the prodigal son. His money grew wings and flew away. He was left with nothing. So being rich does not necessarily coincide with making the most of your life. This morning, do you have peace in your home? Are you bearing fruit for God's kingdom? Do you have a happy and rewarding marriage? Are your children living peaceably with one another and growing in the Lord? Are there times when we may need to ask ourselves, what's happening in my life? Why am I discontented and dissatisfied? What is going on in my life that is making me this way? I'll tell you why. You're letting the door open for the devil to come in. He's the one that will make you discontented, dissatisfied. God has given you promises this morning and he will always keep his promises. You may be asking yourself this morning why I'm not making the most of my life. <coughs> Are my priorities out of order? Am I putting more time and energy into those areas that are, not, that are of very little consequence? Or should I be putting more time into my family and my marriage and my service to God? We need to take a look at how we lead our lives this morning. Are we putting the worldly things before the godly things this morning? Or is God our number one priority? And are we giving God the time that we should? Or are we just playing at being a Christian? You know, there are two relevant things here. Firstly, what do we want out of life? And secondly, where do we want to spend eternity? So if we live a life for God, what can we expect? 
well he's already told us in previous uh, Bible readings. And what there is, there is peace, there's joy, there's contentment, there's love, and the most important thing in, in our lives today is that we will live a life in eternity with him. We have a great promise, haven't we, today? That God has got something better for us than we have on this life. What if we don't relinquish the ways of the world and the things that go with it? Well, there's only one thing that is offered this morning, and that is a life in hell. Can I ask you, can I ask you this morning, please choose wisely which way you want to lead your life. Do you want to have a life with Jesus or a life in hell? Amen. Thank you, Ben.